Hello all, this is Artie Kulik, the host of the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, the podcast for SeedSane.com. So a lot of different things happened today that basically led me to late on Friday night I to record this podcast on my own. So there's no Ty, there's no Tina, and it, without going in through a sordid, sordid tale of being stuck in traffic, trying to get one place to another, all this other stuff, and kind of having a topic I was excited to talk about that was monsters in movies. I came to the realization that I just was not going to be able to record today, which was weird, or at least record with another person. So as I sit here, again, late on Friday evening, I usually am editing these podcasts at this time. It's just you and I to talk. And I thought to myself, I'll put up an old one. But no, I don't want to do that. I wanted, I've gotten a lot of people, actually, people I know personally in my life have asked me this, but I've gotten some requests from people who listen to this podcast, which again, Love you guys all. I think it's great. Just what are my thoughts on the January 6th congressional hearings, the hearings that are going on right now about what had happened on January 6th, 2021, when the people were in the Capitol. I'm trying to use my words carefully here so I don't turn you all off immediately. But they were the people who supported Trump were in the Capitol and they disrupted the counting of the electoral votes, which was basically the last step before Biden's victory was assured. I said, you know what? I, I, I will. I'll do that. I'll give a little bit of a talk. And as a gift to all of us involved here, I'm, g- I'm going to do no break. I'm just going to give a few thoughts. And I encourage you guys to, to continue to reach out to me and tell me what your thoughts are on it, too. Because trigger warning here, I'm about to get real. As a matter of fact, I'm about to get real as a mother. So, yeah, I got a new toy to play with, too. All right. Let's think about this for a moment. Let's go back to the morning of January 6th, 2021. And again, because I got a new toy to play with, I'm going to put us into a little a little trance to let us remember what it was like back then. Morning of January 6th, 2021. Now, to give you a little bit of an idea of where I was at that time, the election was essentially over. It had been called for Joe Biden. And a lot of people that listen to the podcast regularly or know me know that I work in politics and specifically here where I live in Southwest Ohio, I work with a lot of Republicans and I am not a Republican by any means. If you are shocked by those views, uh, I I don't know what to tell you, but I, I do work with them and I often get people to say, well, how can you work with someone you don't agree with? And I tell them all it's not that simple. As a matter of fact, you really want to understand the kind of people I work with. I produce a podcast called High Heels in Politics, and it's hosted by a woman by the name of Marianne Christie. She's a former vice chair of the Ohio Republican Party. In, in a lot of ways, and I'm not going to speak for Marianne in this, but in a lot of ways, we're trying to highlight you know, some of these people, especially women, and how they've come to the Republican Party and where they are. So there's a lot of things about the Republican Party or about Republican philosophy I don't think is detrimental to this country. I mean, I understand theories about lower taxes, smaller government, strong national defense, all this other stuff. I understand all of this. I may not agree with it personally, but I know a lot of my Republican friends, a lot of my clients, as a matter of fact, don't believe in my views of Everybody should have universal education, K through graduate schools, PhD, whatever. Everybody has a right to health care. Everybody has a right to a, a home, uh, has a right to shelter, anything like that. And people will say to me, well, yeah, RD, that sounds good and all, but how are you going to pay for it? And that's where the discussion starts to happen. I understand I am not naive enough to know that my views are not going to come tomorrow. And I thought for a while of doing a two-part podcast about this and me just going on about how President Joe Biden has been the biggest disappointing piece of mother who just can go 
and any in that dog who just bit everyone, that's what they can do with themselves. So anyways, uh, sorry, people. I know some people, oh, can you say something bad about that dog? Well, whatever. You know, you'll get over yourselves. Specifically, okay, going back to January 6th. So I'm sitting there, okay, Biden won. Trump, who I believed well before January 6th, and you can ask people, is the worst human being to be president in my lifetime, the worst president in my lifetime, and that's a murderer's row of bad presidents. I was born in 1975. So I start with Gerald Ford and I go to Joe Biden. Find that diamond in the rough, people, please, and tell me who it is. But this is Trump. He's done. It's over. He's, of course, being the predictable crybaby. His handlers are being the predictable crybabies. It's just over. He's just going to throw his temper tantrum and we're going to move on. I was getting a little nervous about the whole non-transition and with we're about to get into an era where we need to provide a massive vaccine rollout, not just here in the United States, but worldwide, all these other things. So I was getting nervous that the morons in the Trump administration, but I had long, long since thought that they were not able to affect anything anyways, and we were going to all be okay. And so this was at a time, again, a pandemic was going on. My son was uh, doing online schooling, so I told him when the time came he should watch this uh, this very mundane event. I'm a political guy. I'm a political junkie. I have academic and professional experience in this, and this is the first time I've ever watched the counting of the electoral votes. It's a ceremony. That's what it is. And then Trump's idiot speech, his people's idiot speeches, the idiots that were down there, and then just sitting there watching everything that unfolded. And I have a I have a lot of friends, I have a lot of colleagues that work in Washington, D.C., live around the area. And I'm not young. Okay, I just turned 47 a few few weeks ago. So a lot of these friends and colleagues of mine, we're not new in this business. We've been in this business for decades. Okay? We're not 80-year-old Joe Biden or whatever that is. It's but we've been in this business for a long time. And what I heard in a lot of my friends, my colleagues' voices was, was depression, not fear per se. And, you know, I even want to go back a little bit more here. So uh, my family, my wife, my son, and I were in D.C. a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, and we left the day of the Capitol shooting, the guy who was a big crazy dude who said he loved Bernie Sanders or something. Not the Capitol, the uh, softball shooting. And he shot up the, the baseball field where the Republicans were practicing. Louisiana Congressman Steve Scalise is permanently disabled because of this. The, uh, my congressman now, but not now because of redistricting, Brad Wenstrup basically saved Congressman Scalise's life. I mean, all this stuff. So you, you, I saw how D.C. reacted to that. And to see how they react to what happened on January 6th wasn't, it didn't shock me. But I remember walking away from the end of the day just disappointed, thinking, okay, there was the, the one woman that was shot and killed who was one of the insurrection people. And yes, it is an insurrection people. And you guys who love Trump so much that you, I mean, obviously love Trump more than America, I don't know what to say to you, so I'm not going to explain it to you. So just get over it. It's insurrection. I had this sadness because it's just, I felt like these people, they're just stupid. I felt like they're ineffectual. And I even told people at the end of the day, look, I mean, yeah, you may not, you might not like the word insurrection. And I use the word insurrection, but these people are so pathetic. They were never going to succeed in all this. Donald Trump is a pathetic. He's a loser, by the way. Donald Trump is a loser. 
So he's a loser. His followers are just a bunch of, what did I see someone the other day? They all served a few duty, tours of duty in white Manistan. I mean, these are pathetic people. They're people that have no use towards this country whatsoever. None whatsoever. And this was predictable. This thing fizzled out like it was. And that's, that's wrong on me because there are police officers who lost their lives due to a lot of the events that happened on January 6th. And it, th- there was a lot that went on, but I never, I kind of never thought about it. It became, it became a difference of opinion between me and my Trump loving support, my Trump loving people that I know that I work with. And here in Ohio, if you're going to work with the GOP, you got to be part of the Trump cult. It's just that simple. So I didn't give any mind to it. And then you start to hear more and more things go through. And then the January 6th hearings start. And first off, my God, the the people involved. Okay, hold on. Let me start at the very, very top here, okay? I don't agree with Liz Cheney on 99% of the things. I think her father is another one of these traitors to the United States. And I think Democrats, and look, the Democrats in Congress, here's my little moment to go off on them. They're awful, or the most of them are awful. Uh, Katie Porter, great, keep going. I mean, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I know there's some issues that maybe she doesn't go, she doesn't do what she says she's going to do, but still, you know, go for it, things like that. There, there are some people out there that are doing something and keep fighting and keep going after them. But for the most part, I, I, I could care less what all of these people do. Because at the end of the day, Nancy Pelosi wants to make sure she stays rich and her family stays rich and her donors stay rich. And the same thing with Chuck Schumer, same thing with Joe Biden, same thing with all of them. But Liz Cheney, who, again, I'm not going to agree with her politically, but I am going to give her a lot of respect. She is going to lose everything. And why? I mean, maybe she hates Donald Trump. Maybe, you know, she'll be fine. Okay, her last in the end, her name's Cheney. I mean, all this other stuff. But I got to give her credit on the political stage that she's going for. it. I mean, Adam Kinzinger, hell, <laughs> Illinois legislature gerrymandered him out of his seat. I, and look, gerrymandering is awful. Obviously, the Republicans are masters at it. But just go take a look at Kinzinger's seat, okay? And I'm not going to both sides this crap, but just, just tell me. Tell me. Explain it to me, okay? That's all I want you to do. Just explain it to me. He he knows he was out the door anyways, all this other stuff. But, but Liz Cheney, I mean, good on you. At the end, history is going to look is going to look past some of the things that maybe we should not look past. But it's going to be like okay. But not only that, the way they've presented this hearing, the way they've done it, the the level of detail that they have gone to is incredible. It is riveting. And I know Fox News wants you to think of something else. And I know, well, we'll get to the loser Trump in a moment here. But I know all the right wing people want to continue to distract you, want to continue to make old people and white people feel like they're the victims of everything. But it's not working. Almost everybody I know. Example is I have a client, Republican, newish on the scene, has to basically kiss the Trump ring. That client of mine knows exactly what's going on in these hearings. People are paying attention. People are watching. And they may tell you you're not, they're not. But you start to throw little bits and information out there, and they are. They're watching. 
The former vice president, Mike Pence, was in my region yesterday. There was a, a really big, expensive Republican event that he was the keynote speaker at. And again, Republican event, expensive. Cost you 500 bucks to get into this event. And the former vice president said a few words and ran away. So <laughs> he knows what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on. Anybody that tells you that they don't even know what the January 6th committee is doing, if they're involved politically or understand, they're lying to you. Because this committee has done a, a, a they have done an excellent job. And I find myself going over during the day, watching part of the committee hearings at the end of the night, going over everything that they talked about and, and finding myself feeling guilty that I've turned January 6th into just a difference of opinion kind of academic debate between me and uh, myself and clients because it was serious business. These people, these, these insurrectionists could have done some real harm. They, they said today, this Friday, they said that they were 40 feet away from Mike Pence and everybody thinks they would have killed him, the vice president, for Donald in Trump. I can't fathom that. Donald Trump, what the hell is wrong with you people? Are you this racist? Are you this delusional that you think whatever America you want to make great is going to happen and it's going to benefit you because of Donald and Trump. It is so cathartic to use that button right now, guys. Because <laughs> without it, I'm I'm moving to uh, uh, what is it? A warning? A non-clean podcast? But it is. You go through this stuff and you see it, and it is. It is equal parts infuriating. And just pity, pity I feel for these awful people. And I had to drop some materials off for a, another client of mine, some some political handout materials. And they were at a Republican luncheon. And so I, it was a luncheon for Republican women. So I wasn't going to go in there. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this with the podcast or whatever, but I'm not a woman. And I could easily go in there, but again, I was I was dressed for the pool that day and not dressed for a nice luncheon with a bunch of nice ladies. So I dropped the thing off, and while I was sitting there waiting for my client to come over and get them, I, I heard this uh, here. There's a there's a community here in Southwest Ohio called Indian Hill. It's a very very rich area. I could if you ever come, I'll drive you over to show you where Joey Votto lives. Uh, I'm sure Joe Burrow, if he has a house here in Southwest Ohio and doesn't hang out in Athens, it's probably in Indian Hill. For those of you that are St. Louis fans, it's like Frontenac, L.A., Beverly Hills, New York, um, Bed Stuy. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But anyways, um, the, a lot of Indian Hill women are part of this group. And I heard this woman talking about how they were up like trying to defend the sanctity of girls sports or something like that. And all the trans activists were so intimidating and looking down upon us. And it was so sad. And I'm like, lady, please. I mean, I'm sure 
that people you don't like or look different than you and you're trying to make their lives hard, if they look at you without love, I'm sure that makes you afraid. But you know what? You every day spending your life to ruin these people when they've done nothing to you just for pure cruelty for Donald in Trump, then I, I don't know what to tell you. But again, this pure victimhood. So I watch this January 6th event and I think to myself, Cubby, this is a real problem. And then kind of other background, I guess I should say. Uh, we, like a lot of the country, is suffering through an early season massive heat wave. It's funny, last weekend I was visiting in St. Louis, and it was, I remember I got up one morning, again, for those of you closer to this podcast, my in-laws live out in Chesterfield, and they have a great park over there uh, where the amphitheater is and uh, a nice walking trail around like a pond, all this stuff. And it was Sunday morning, I got up at 7.30, and I went out there at 8 o'clock, and I'm like, I'm the biggest wimp on the planet. I spent my life from 1980 basically to 2004 in St. Louis, and I can't take that stupid humidity anymore. I was like, I've got to get the hell out of here. This is miserable. I've got to go back to Cincinnati. And to be fair, I'm glad I was in Cincinnati this week and not St. Louis, but it was miserable here. We're all going through this massive heat wave. And I was with my son out at a, a water park, a local our amusement park, Kings Island's the name of it. We were at, my son really loves a water park, and we were out there on Monday night. And I looked over at the sky at one time, and I swear to God, it's like you guys just look at it. I'm sure a lot of us have seen this, but it looked like a scene out of the movie Mad Max Fury Road. Of course, I'm going to, I mean, Ty always got to talk about The Simpsons. Me, I'm going to talk about Mad Max Fury Road. But it, it was like so weird looking, and this massive storm came, and all the power goes out. And it's rare for the power to go out near our house. All of our power lines are buried around here. But um, we, in this oppressive heat, did not have power for over 24 hours. Now, there are people that are a lot, a lot, I mean, a lot worse than us, but you know, it, it was, it gave me time to obviously, I, I ended up spending most of the day Tuesday without power at the, uh, at the amusement park, at the water park that we had to run away from on Monday. But it was this, uh, it made me like think about like just everything that's going on and how this affects everyone and how I am not by any means struggling in any way. And it's like, okay, look, I have an option to go run out to an amusement park. I remember telling my son at one time, look, we can at least drive around in my car while we charge our phones and get uh, get power. But just thinking how people are. So we're at the water park, and it's obviously very packed. It's a very hot day. A lot of people don't have power. I want to set the stage for you guys, okay? We're going to, once again, use the Wayback Machine. This was Tuesday. So... What what day is that? I got I got to look at my computer and go back here. So sixteen fifteen. This is June fourteenth, two thousand and twenty two of the Common Era, and I'm walking around a water park that cost eighty dollars a day to get into. If you get a pass, it's like a hundred and twenty bucks or whatever or something like that. And it is a Tuesday afternoon, and there was a guy who the first thing I noticed again, it's a water park. You get to see. I mean, people, you get to see people that feel way more comfortable with their bodies than they should be. And I'm a heavy dude, okay? I'm losing weight. I'm getting better. I'm getting healthy, but I'm a heavy dude. But 
I still I wear one of those uh, like surf shirts or whatever because you know I'm cool. I'm hip. I'm a suburban dad. That's what you do. All right. I don't want to get burned. I'm you know a white dude who's too hairy. I don't need to look like a a lobster that has hair coming out of it. So I wear my my surf shirt, and most people don't though is what I'm saying. And this gentleman, I noticed as he walked by, he had that tattooed on his side, Proud Boys. I'm like, oh, flipping great. And then he had his whole upper torso tattooed. And I noticed right above, uh, on his chest, left side of his chest, mixed in with all the tattoos, clear as day, was a swastika. 2022 of the Common Era. Man proudly in Southwest Ohio, walking around shirtless in a place filled with children with a flipping swastika. You want to know what I think of the January 6th hearings? Something needs to happen. Donald Trump is a seditious criminal. He is no better than John Calhoun. Actually, he's probably worse than John Calhoun. Robert E. Lee, Jefferson Davis. While all these names should not inspire us to think of the worst Americans in human history, or the worst Americans in our history, they are the worst. The worst politicians. There's obviously worse people. No. Donald Trump is in that category. Donald Trump should go down in history as a horrible American. And he will. History will always judge you. And he will. He was an a idiot beforehand, and he was uh, just a dangerous. And we gave him power, and he just became a more dangerous idiot. And he almost caused... He, we, we have to sit back and, and come to terms that the sitting president of the United States actively, actively denied the results of a fair and legal election and refused to turn over power. And every single person involved with him, Eastman, Giuliani, Powell, Linwood, Steve Bannon, and yes, Mike Pence. Because while the good liberals, the good academic liberals of this country, the likes of the Atlantic and New York Times and all of them, want to talk about how Mike Pence saved this country, Mike Pence didn't do a thing. Mike Pence is a coward. Again, friendly Republican event, and he runs away. He's a coward. I'm not going to call him a traitor yet. But at the end of the day, Mike Pence did his job. My wife woke up today and did her job. And yes, she's a hero in this household. But the user or listener, you're all going to tell me she's a hero? You better damn well tell me she's a hero. The Trump presidency, and I'm seeing this with the January 6th event, and so are all of you, even if you don't want to admit it, was almost the end of America. Was almost the end of who we are. And I don't know what would have happened on the other side. I don't know. I want to think that the right people would have stood up. I want to think that we would have not accepted it. But I don't know the answer to that. 
And these hearings are showing me that. And what we do next is going to show me this. If you're a Republican and you support the likes of Donald Trump, Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Bobart, all these people, you are not the Republican that I described at the beginning. You are not the small government, large national defense, all this other stuff. Ron DeSantis believes he should use the government to punish his enemies. And you know what? I don't know what Disney's going to do at the end. I think they may do nothing. But everybody's not going to cower to this. And if you're a trans kid, if you're uh, if you identify with the LGBTQ, sorry, I'm if I'm forgetting some, but if you do that, you don't deserve this. And you deserve you're tired. You've been fighting your whole life, and I understand you're tired. And we need the good people to stand up. Donald Trump and his followers, which is almost the entire Republican Party, will use you to get their way. And if you're a a corporate business, if you're Disney, again, if you're any big business out there, Apple, Microsoft, General Electric, Procter & Gamble, I'll use my own backyard, Anheuser-Busch, Boeing, and you think it's okay to be silent so Donald in Trump won't mean, well, you can't mean tweet. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> if you're going to sit silent about this, because the other thing I see about January 6th is they're creating the historical document and they're saying we can never let this happen again. And while Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Charles Schumer, Chuck Schumer, like to just sit back and whine and complain and say, you got to vote for us because the Republicans are worse, even though we will never do a thing for you. All of your time is at an end. We are in your final chapters. And while you all sat down and while you all let the January 6th committee Tell the story of the past so the future generation can shape what comes tomorrow. History will not look kind upon you. And that's what I see with this January 6th hearing. Trump is a traitor. And the people that today defend and support him are traitors to the United States of America. And that is a crime. Treason is a crime written in the Constitution. And there is a man. There is one person. There is, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's actually a person that could do something about this. There is a person that could call, could subpoena Trump, could hold him in contempt, could start contempt, could start throwing these people in jail. There is a person that could do it. And that person's name is Merrick Garland, and he is the Attorney General of the United States of America. And if he, along with, along with his boss, Democrat, Joseph, I think it's Robinette Biden the third or second, I, I can't remember. If you're going to allow this to get away because you just think it's politics, then history will not look kindly upon you either. Defend America. 
protect the future of this country. I'm calling upon you, Merrick Garland, Joe Biden, because the January 6th committee, they're opening the doors. Just walk through them. And I told you, no break. We're going to get in and out. Man, I'm jazzed. I'm going to go shadow box something and just go super crazy because tomorrow's going to be like 75 degrees and it's going to be great. And my son's going to be going to play over with a friend and my wife and I are going to go drive up to make out point. Actually, I don't think she agreed to that yet. So I might go drive up to make out point, but whatever. And through all of that, I'm so happy you guys are here. It actually it is funny. I, I was sitting here thinking, yeah, I'll just, you know, what? somebody wants to hear about Batman again. But I looked back and look, it's not thousands of messages, not even hundreds of messages, but people that I don't know messaging me and saying, hey, I just want to know your thoughts on January 6th. So that, that gives me that gives me hope that you either want to hear me so you can go shadow box something and pretend that it's RD and you're going to beat the hell out of them. Or you're like, you genuinely want to hear. And so thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't say like what Ty says. Go, I mean, crap in Ukraine still going on. That's not over, okay? We Tina and I talked about it in the last podcast here. It's not over. COVID. My mother just had uh, COVID for the second time. Thankfully, she's she's better. She's good. But come on, just let's just do the bare minimum for each other. Let's get back to this idea of community. And then you can sit down with me and say, hey, moron, how are you going to pay for all your, you know, liberal wish list? And maybe we can have a talk. I, well, I'd love to have a drink with you. So I definitely. I'm having a drink with you all right now. So, yeah. Anyways, with all that being said, thank you for your ears. Anything else that you may li- use to listen to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. Remember, we are here every Saturday for free, wherever you find your fine podcasting shows. And Again, I told you I'm going to go shadow box. In reality, it's nearly Saturday, so I'm going to go sleep so I can edit this podcast. And uh, thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next time. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.